Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, hello there. I'm Mark Pikert, and you are listening to Shocking, Lurid, Tawdry. A History of American Scandal. That's the name of the podcast. Kate, did you Good want job. to introduce yourself? Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Why can we and, not do this I'm correctly? Casey. I don't know. There's no, we'll, we'll, it'll come to us. It'll, I think we're just workshopping it, but like in real time. So sorry, everybody. No, I really gonna... <laughs> think that we have started the way we intend to continue. And it's just going to be. Like half very polished and professional and half us just being complete idiots. Uh, oh, hello, Casey. Know. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I was, uh, it ended up, that intro ended up being a little more hormone monster from uh, Big Mouth <laughs> than I had initially intended. It happens. It happens. But, you know, here we I are. I love it. I loved it. Uh, I loved it. Well, thank you. And I... I have to say that I'm pretty excited about my scandal today. I'm I don't think excited. you're ready for it. I don't think I am. I don't think I am. Ugh. But uh, I'm thrilled. Bef- before I tell you my scandal, uh, what have you, where have you been adventuring? Because last episode, I talked all about my small town Texas adventures. I love but it. You have some of your own. Um, well, <sighs> We tried two new restaurants this week and it didn't go great. So it just kind of goes to show that like I, we, I live in New York and um, obviously the city is reopening. There's tons of stuff and, and all this different, um, you know, we want to go different places and try new things. And last night we came back and I'm like, you know, I think it just goes to show that we know what's good and we've found it. So maybe we don't have to keep trying. And we've kind of, that's, that was pretty much the decision. <laughs> I mean, and so, um, you know, we tried some new places, but it was, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I were also, I'm also very spoiled with obviously the food and, and everything. So, but we tried to adventure and the world said, don't. So that's my new, just no adventures, normal adventures. I'm just kidding. Yeah. My regular, <laughs> my regular places. I mean, that's our, our regular for a when, reason. Yeah. We lucked out when we were drinking together all the time because we, our first choices always ended up being our go-tos. So true. So true. I know. We had wander into time. the boiler room. We had fancy time. I know. Yeah. We had we had good value time. I mean, that was just we had we had a place for everything. Oh we had a place God. for we were the so... most beautiful sunny days. Straight to the boiler room. Yeah. Straight to the uh, boiler straight room. Straight to that dark womb boiler room. <laughs> oh, is it 80 degrees and sunny without a cloud in the sky? I want to go into the small dark space with yes. one small dirty window. Yes. 
Yes. And not come out for, a, for until you think it should be dark. Oh, well. But when, sometimes uh, it wasn't. When buy, when get one ended. Oh, I know. That's true. Oh, still remember those dominoes. Remember when you were able to touch dominoes? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Remember when you were able to go into dark bars and make out with boys? Oh, the good old days. What what the will the kids days. do now? Anyway. Well, I don't know. And did you see just today? So this will give you a little insight into when this is being recorded. Ooh. This is a little behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, Pyramid Club is closing. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That's an I institution. I celebrated my 21st birthday there. Oh, the memories. Memories. Well, kind of some, some memories and then some just complete <laughs> just blank lost, spots. Lost to the world. <laughs> lost to March 2000 and whatever year that was. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh, interesting. Yes, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see what, how everything shakes out. I'm very, I'm very hopeful and, uh, and optimistic about it. I think that New York is so resilient that Something may close, but something else will probably the exact same thing open up in the exact same place. <laughs> I'm not. New York lost me when 21 Club closed. Oh, that was a sad day. And that Lucky Strike. Day. That's true. That's true. Lucky Strike oh. got me too. Uh, oh, they'll well, figure anyway, it out. This is not a, this is not a sad podcast. <laughs> this is a dirty, this salacious a- podcast. <laughs> Anyway, that's all my adventures. My adventures this week have taught me don't adventure. Just you know, do do what you know, and Look, and it's be like my, grateful and happy. And I am thrilled, thrilled. It's, it's like my, it's like my mother always says: we hate new things. <laughs> Ugh, she's so wise. She's so wise. That we do. We do. We do hate we new do. things. We do. We do. Ugh. We only like the odd ones or the old ones we can gossip about. Oh, yes. And I've got an oldie and a goodie. Yay, yay, yay. yay. Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay. So, uh, no, I was going to do a little tease, but I'm not even going to do a tease. I'm just going to launch into it. Oh, it has everything. Oh, okay. Yay. 1952. Hollywood couldn't wait this trial was going to be a spectacular one already it was being billed as quote one of hollywood's most lurid <gasps> Ooh, so on brand yes now that is the moment in a play where someone would whisper to their uh seatmate and go they said the name of the show in the, in the dialogue just <laughs> one of my favorite things to listen to uh but the trial never happened. Hmm? The defendant threw himself on the mercy of the judge to spare the two families involved and their careers. Uh, not that that plea for uh, mercy helped Joan Bennett, the movie star. He'd watched in horror December 13th, 1951, as her producer husband, Walter Wenger, fired two shots at her agent, Jennings Lang, hitting him in what was delicately referred to as the groin. Ooh. They were all in a Beverly Hills parking lot across the street from a police station 
and a few doors down from a high school where children were singing Christmas carols. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> Whoops. Joan Bennett would always maintain that she had parked her car and driven off with Jennings Lang to discuss business, that there was no affair, but Walter never quite bought it, telling people after he shot that Lang was trying to break up his home. Plus, there were private investigator reports sitting in his car as he pulled out the gun and advanced on his wife and her agent. Oh no! For God's, for God's sake, Walter! Joan reportedly screamed as she saw Walter aim. He's only an agent. <laughs> By the end of December thirteenth, nineteen fifty-one, Joan Bennett, Jennings Lang, and Walter Wenger had entered into Hollywood immortality, but only one of them wouldn't see their career rebound. Spoiler alert, it's the woman. <laughs> shocking. Look, you're hitting everything. That's just I shocking. Check. Lurid. Check. And we're going to get into Tawdry in just a second. <laughs> so Walter fires two shots. One hits Lang in the, uh, the papers insisted it was the groin area. Lang went on the record and said it was his upper left thigh. Okay. Uh, what the gossip actually was that Walter shot him in the balls. Okay, right. Uh, so Walter fired one. One missed him completely. One went into his upper thigh, and he and Joan Bennett drove Jennings Lang to his doctor, who took a look at the bullet hole in his upper left thigh and sent him to the hospital, <laughs> like you do. Uh, and in the meantime, the cops from the police station across the street. Uh, yeah, they had no idea who had been shot and who had done the shooting. It took hours for them to interview witnesses and then track down the three people who had driven away, bleeding. To a hospital? Wouldn't that be one to of the, hospital. I don't know, first places you checked? So they get, they, Lang's in the hospital and guess what? He is not in great shape. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so... Hollywood erupts about sure. this. This is the tackiest scandal. It's Christmas is coming. He, this Jennings Lang is, you know, a fairly well-known agent. Walter Wanger is a producer who's been in the business since the 20s. Joan Bennett is a big movie star, like a little bit on the downward trajectory of her career. She's been doing movies since uh, the silent era, basically. What and what it was she, do you have off the top of your head, what do you have a few that she was in that I might know? Because I'm uh, yes, I certainly can. Cool. We're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. I won't skip ahead. So, but I mean, how often does this happen that powerful people in Hollywood act out this publicly this way? It never happened. Like everything right. is so media media trained and yeah. press proof. So what happened? Well, Bennett and Wagner had been married for about a decade by the time he shot Jennings Lang. And he had been instrumental in turning her from a blonde who works periodically in so-so movies to a brunette femme fatale whose run of movies with director Fritz Lang are among the most perverse and mesmerizing of the golden age era. Uh, two, two worth checking out, Woman in the Window with Edward G. Robinson and Scarlet Street. Scarlet Street in particular is just shocking, shocking, torrid, L Lord, well, and Tawdry, Lord, and Lord. Tawdry. <laughs> uh, okay okay oh great okay Fun. I got so excited to talk about Scarlet Street 
she, I mean, she she did a lot of noirs in the 40s that are just mesmerizing. Uh, one that's almost impossible to track down, but if it's ever on TCM, The Reckless Moment with James Mason, which Jane, uh, uh, Todd Haynes stole a lot from or paid homage to in Far From Heaven. Oh, okay. Just little moments Fun. here and there. And it's really, really good. They remade it with Tilda Swinton about 20 years ago and called it The Deep End. Okay. Where her gay son is being blackmailed and she accident. oh, and he kills the blackmailer and she covers up the body and then gets blackmailed herself. Okay. You know. Yeah. So... So Joan's career, Joan's just been in Father of the Bride with playing Elizabeth Taylor's mother. She's got a big major studio hit. Walter Wanger is not doing great. Mm -hmm. Why is Walter Wanger not doing great? Joan of fucking Ark. Joan of fucking Ark is a 1948 biopic starring Ingrid Bergman and Victor Fleming. It is a cursed production uh, quick tangent, Ingrid Bergman had long dreamed of playing Joan of Arc and finally got her chance, directed by her then-lover, Victor Fleming. But a few months after the movie's premiere and before it went into general, general release, two things happened. One, Victor Fleming died of a heart attack. Oops. And two, Ingrid Bergman's affair with Roberto Rossellini broke. <gasps> Ew, that's a rough press tour. That's going to be so a rough one. People <laughs> lost oh, no! their shit. And this two plus was like two and a half hours. The original cut was two and a right, half hours. Right, right, yeah. And so everyone was like, well, shit, we can't ask people to sit and stare at this adulterous horror for two and a half hours playing Joan of Arc, a saint. <laughs> so they slashed the movie down while, like, they just butchered it into something approaching uh, an approach, uh, something approaching a. Uh, audience ass friendly length and it lost a ton of money and walter oh, no. wanger produced it got it so walter wanger is looking at the debris of his career just collateral damage from ingrid bergman and roberto rossellini and also let's just talk about the fact that ingrid bergman when she made joan of arc was fucking victor fleming right this lady this <laughs> Never trusted her from the moment of Casablanca. Couldn't, nope, nope, nope. Never trusted her. No. I learned so, my lesson. So Walter Wanger is reeling professionally after, in, after Ingrid Bergman fucked everyone. <laughs> Both literally and figuratively. Yes, thank you. And guess who has to support Walter Wanger? Joan Bennett. According to a gossip columnist, she complained bitterly when Wanger put her Holmby Hills house up as collateral to get a movie made. And she wasn't delighted to find herself the family sole breadwinner either, having to put her husband on an allowance. That so, never goes well with men. They don't love that. They don't love that. However, <laughs> what's interesting is as many gossip, gossip columnists wrote at the time of the shooting, is it any wonder that poor Walter Wanger, emasculated by his bitch wife, had a bad day and tried to save his home by, by eliminating his romantic rival? 
Oh, had a bad day. I can't believe that's still around. Had so, a, ugh, okay. Uh-huh. Poor, oh, yeah. Poor At the Walter. Time. How could he not shoot someone? Yes. Oh, <laughs> at the time, Joan, I can't remember if it's the day that they got him to the hospital or a few days after the shooting, but she released a statement saying something along the lines of, she hopes no one judges Walter Wanger too harshly for his actions as he had been under severe financial strain for an extended period. And Hollywood basically laughed in her face and said, no one blames him. You, we blame you. Again, when there's a woman involved, why not? <laughs> However, much like Elliot Spitzer had done himself no favors by going after Wall Street, mm. Joan Bennett had done herself no favors by going after Hedda Hopper two years before. <gasps> Ooh, that's a tricky one. It's hard to come out alive after that. Oh, do you know what Joan Bennett did? No. Joan Bennett, for Valentine's Day, 1950, had a skunk delivered to Hedder Hopper's home and took out two full-page ads in Variety and The Hollywood Reporter calling Hopper out. No. <gasps> yes. Oops. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty direct. It's hard. That's hard to say. What do you mean? I sent you flowers. They must've just died on the way or something. Yeah, no, I, a skunk. So Hedda Hopper turned the skunk into a publicity coup. Joan Bennett set herself up for a massive fall. But to be fair, how could she have known that her husband would fire a gun twice in front of the Beverly Hills silly hall? Fair point. Fair point. So, Walter Wanger needs an attorney. Guess like who he do. hires? <laughs> Jerry Geisler, defender <gasps> of Charlie Chaplin and Errol Flynn on statutory rape and refuser of Bill Tilden. Right. Oh, full circle on that. Yep. Uh, so, Jerry enters a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. So all of a sudden, it looks very much as if Joan Bennett might have to testify. And okay. worse, that the private investigator who has been following her around will also have to testify to what he saw. I want a movie. I mean, I, of course, picture this private investigator as J.J. Giddis. So just for the record, that's oh, who I'm I, picturing. I don't... It's the only way I can picture a private investigator. Yes, to obviously. Be clear. <laughs> so anyway. things are not looking great. And Joan Bennett and Jennings Lang for years, always, always denied that they ever had an affair. Okay. I tend to question and doubt that. Okay. Based on the based on their reactions to everything. But regardless. Uh, they, there is no concrete evidence that they did have an affair. Okay, understood. They seem pretty However, chill about the whole accusation, though. There is no concrete evidence that they had an affair because there is some uh, fancy footwork in terms of the trial and what gets submitted into evidence. Okay. So the trial is set for February 1953, and it gets postponed to April, so Jerry Geisler can complete some depositions, Joan, Jennings Lang, and 10 other people are subpoenaed. Mm -hmm. 
mostly witnesses at the scene, like gas station attendants. Uh, the private investigator is subpoenaed. And so uh, 12 people total are subpoenaed to testify, and the whole town is fucking breathless to find out what drove a respected producer to attempt to castrate a respected agent. And just what Joan had been getting up to while her poor husband licked his wounds. And instead, Walter Wenger threw himself on the mercy of the court and Judge Harry Board and decided that the verdict will hinge on the testimony given to the grand jury previously, which did not include testimony from any of the three principles. Okay. Got it. So this, this decision, this direction to the judge takes so little time. Joan Bennett shows up five minutes late to the courthouse and misses it. She walks in as her husband and his attorney are sitting down, having completed their their spiel. Oh my gosh! So Judge Board is like, yeah, yeah, that sounds fine. Grand jury, great. Uh, I'm in the middle of a murder trial, <laughs> right? So I'm gonna need some time to look at the transcript. So I guess we'll meet back here in a week, and I will make my decision then. Also, in that five minutes, uh, Jerry Geisler says, and you know what? Uh, We're not going to plead guilty by reason of insanity. Uh, We're actually going to say that we are guilty of assault with a deadly weapon and not attempted murder. Okay, so he's going to change the charges. Yeah. Okay. And I think that we can easily prove that uh, there was no murder intention here. I think that you'll see uh, what happened was committed in a violet flash amidst a blue haze. Ooh. Yeah, what a or lovely, something like that. Woven patchwork of words. Yes. Oh, Jerry Geisler, man. That's why uh, Hollywood had him on speed dial. I know. So this works. The, re- the reduced charge works. All of it works. The next week, Judge Board sentences Wagner to four months on an honor farm. I believe the same honor farm Bill Tilden was just at a few weeks ago. (laughs) And he tells Walter Wenger, people can't go around shooting each other in the state of California. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you know what? I've I've never heard anyone actually say that. So maybe Walter Wenger just needed to hear that as well. That's true. Maybe he just, you need, oh, oh my gosh, you're right. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Oh, no one told me. So he has now been sentenced to four months. That's two months per gunshot. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And uh, he gets a stay. He does not have to report to jail until June 4th because he has important business to wrap up. Mm, Of course, naturally. He's got to figure out what he's going to do with Joan of Arc. At this point, Joan Bennett is like, bye. I don't have to testify. I don't need to be there. We are estranged. She Mm -hmm. goes out on tour with uh, Bell Book and Candle. Okay. So she is out of California. She's trying to do the work and putting the whole mess behind her. Not Walter Wanger. When he applies for parole after two months, he gives a press conference at which he talks about his desire to write a book called how to behave in jail. And he tells reporters, 
if you think that title is facetious, let me know because I'm dead serious about this. <laughs> okay, you're on an honor farm. I don't think yeah. whatever. Yeah, sure. Okay. Interesting oh, uh, topic choice. So the book never happened, but when he did get released uh, and he did get uh, time off for good behavior, so he only served three months and nine days. Okay. He wrote a four-part syndicated series about his time in jail for newspapers. Really? It really had an impact on him. You know, if people don't say honor farms work, they, they've never talked to Walter. And he produced, uh, he was the, uh, the mastermind behind the movie Riot and Cell Block 11 in 1954, <laughs> which was inspired by his own time behind bars in the pokey. Oh my gosh. Ugh, like a true Hollywood producer. So where did our three yeah, star-crossed yeah. lovers end up in the well, aftermath I, of this one, shooting? One question. So this whole trial's taking place. Is, is Jennings just like, okay, fine. Is, does he, he, I guess he doesn't really have a say, right? It's, it's prosecutors. It's not yeah. him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's just uh, like, oh. And also, so everyone was like for the good of our families because Joan Bennett had four daughters Jennings okay. Lang had I think possibly two children I can't remember okay now. so he was he was like all right fine I don't want the scandal getting out anyway so yeah let's not and okay, okay. I think ev Understood. Ev everyone everyone had multiple reasons to not get a spotlight yeah. onto all of this got it so in the aftermath of this sloppy crime of passion, what well, happened fine. to these three? Uh, Walter Wenger went on to produce Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, no Iconic way. prison movie, I Want to Live, which won Susan Hayward an Oscar, and Cleopatra. No, really? Yes, that's Cleopatra. <laughs> and he wrote a book about it. He Like the Cleopatra Diaries or something yeah okay all right so walter walter bounced back good for walter yeah. all right uh jennings lang is he is he off the allowance at this point probably right uh yes okay. well so okay. they they stayed he and joan stayed married for 14 years and they okay. were just estranged and got then finally it. they got divorced okay okay uh jennings lang moved on from the agent life to producing and Ooh. he was the man behind play misty for me Mm. and the airport sequels okay well you know but if he's the reason why we have karen black flying a plane as a stewardess and charlton heston going oh my god she's a woman she can't do this it'd be much safer <laughs> and simpler if i parachute into the hole in the side of the cockpit and take over for her her little hands how will she how will she manage so <sighs> jennings lang also Classic. doing okay for himself all right gave interviews later in his life in the 80s laughing about it he's like yeah it's crazy it's that's definitely one thing that's going to be in my obituary <laughs> oh. okay casual okay oh my gosh that's hysterical and joan bennett what happened to joan bennett Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that I had found, I wish that I had copied out the Hedda Hopper column about Joan Bennett in the aftermath of this. And there was another column by a columnist that I'm not familiar with 
that was just like, oh, uh, Hedda Hopper points out that a Hollywood journalist said, well, Joan Bennett is in no way at fault here. And Hedda Hopper says, if not her, then who? <gasps> oh, Hedda, Hedda was not letting it go. Not letting it go. And how typical of Joan to make one of her first calls to a press agent. Ugh. There we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> what happened to Joan Bennett oh in the gosh. aftermath yeah. of this? Tell me. Uh, she, saw her, she saw her film career basically dry up overnight. Oh, no. There were not a lot of major movies. There were movies here and there. She did We Are No Angels with Humphrey Bogart, where he begged and ordered and cajoled the producers into hiring her. Oh. And she had a very small supporting role in Suspiria, okay. the Italian horror movie. But for the most part, she did not have any major film roles. She did find success on TV in Dark Shadows. Oh, okay. But uh, her husband shooting her agent basically wrecked her career. Really? And this is the line that kills me. Uh, she, She talked about the scandal periodically over the years. But the one line that really sums the entire thing up is... I might as well have pulled the trigger myself. <gasps> oh, Joan. Oh, I because love that. How, how so true. did she get castigated? Yeah. She didn't pull the trigger. She didn't do anything. She just at happened worst, to be there. At worst, she was pissy that her husband was mooching off of her and she was having an affair. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. So then just nobody would hire her. She was like, because of her, essentially the reputation, you think? Like she was now. A, a well, also, you, I mean, what? This is the early 50s. Woman? So, yeah. So we're going into it's the early 50s. So we're going into like the Eisenhower era and right. nobody wants that. Look what just had just happened to Ingrid Bergman. Right. So they need to shut it down fast. Oh my and gosh. she was 40, 41 when everything went down, which the newspapers made a big point of writing about. The glamorous 40-year-old grandmother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grandmother was used repeatedly in many stories. Oh, my stories. gosh. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, also how many, how many, she was never, like, top-rank movie star. She wasn't a Joan Crawford. She wasn't a Hepburn. She wasn't a Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, she was more like slightly below Alana Turner mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of name and prestige. So there weren't going to be a ton of roles for her going into this next phase of her career anyway. And this just precipitated everything and just made right. it that much worse. Right. Oh my gosh. It also sort of goes to show, well, not goes to show, but you know, the the actress's lifespan in Hollywood is limited and once it comes to an end, if you help rush it, if, or if it's helped rush there, that's not grammatically. Anyway, um, you know what I mean. But if it's <laughs> if it's expedited, um, yes. you know, there's that's the end versus these men who can just transition to producing and can do it till they die. It's just yeah, a very- which they did which they did and she's just left with nothing to do and can't transition to something else because she's a woman and it's 1950s but also 
I don't want this to end with her being like her movie career was over and she was so sad. Dark Shadows was a huge fucking hit. That's true. <laughs> like she did she, she had a career on TV. It was a live soap opera, which is a little less prestigious than doing Fritz Lang movies. But also she kind of just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. There was an interview true. in the 80s and she got recognized even in her lifetime. She was recognized uh, by the Eastman House in upstate New York, the Film Preservation Society. And she was recognized with Louisa Brooks and Louise Rainier and Merle Oberon and a couple of other movie stars from that era. And she was like, yeah, you know, Myrna Loy. She was like, I live in New York. My husband loves to go to the theater and uh, I'll go with him, but I'll bring a book. And if the first act doesn't grab me, then I'll just read my book in the ladies lounge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she just didn't. She didn't really she care didn't about care. her movies or her career. She was like, I, there are two movies I really love, Woman in the Window and Scarlet Street. The rest are fine. I don't really watch my old movies. And I don't really watch movies now. So Hollywood doesn't want me? That's fine. I really don't need Hollywood. I'm going to go over here now. Yeah. See ya. That's uh, great. But also she has, she has one of the great voices in movies too. Very very husky and mm. very uh somewhere between barbara stanwyck and lauren bacall okay okay oh that's fun i love that voice yeah oh, so oh my gosh. that is the scandal of joan bennett and the two men in her life <laughs> i love it i love it good one. Oh my goodness oh my goodness and you said you found more research on that this week and it was from so, old newspapers and things right like you, you yes you, so you thought you had it and then you dug a little bit further with the big piece that I did not put together until I was looking through the newspaper archives was Joan of Arc I oh. had realized that his financial difficulties stemmed from Ingrid fucking Bergman <laughs> That's the scandal that caused many, many, many scandals. Many, oh many scandals. Many, many scandals. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, red. yellow leather. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. I didn't realize that Joan of Arc was such a, um, you know, disaster either. You know, you hear about it well, and then you're, I don't know that I've ever watched it though. No, I've never watched that motion picture and I've never watched the one with, uh, not Edie Sedgwick. Uh, Bonjour Tristesse. Gene Seberg. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. Mm-mm. Yeah. I also just don't mm-hmm. care about Joan of Arc that much. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's, that's fine to be honest about. I, I think mean, if I'm going to watch one, about... I'm going to watch Cleopatra. <sighs> right? That's just me. That's just me. But think, ab- I don't know. think about Joan of Arc. Either she was crazy. Right. Or she was not crazy, which means that there is a God and like saints leading people. Right. Or she was a witch. Mm. Or she was a witch, which also means that there is supernatural elements at play. So Mm -hmm. if you think about it, choosing to believe Joan of Arc leads to a whole host of crisis (laughs) of like faith. So true. So true. It's surprising that they don't, you know, try and steer away from digging deeper there. I think they try and keep yeah, it pretty they, surface level. <laughs> yeah, there's like, yeah, she was a strong, powerful girl boss. And I'm like, yeah. no, she was either insane or a witch. 
or like literally God's chosen person. Right. So what does that mean? (laughs) Those are three wildly different options that can all be argued for. So yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Joan of Arc, but I don't recommend watching Cleopatra. It's so long. It is very long. It's it's so long. I finished a game of Monopoly. <laughs> that's that's true. That'd be a good. That's a good one. Like, it's so long. I, How long is it? <laughs> no, I did, Casey. That isn't a bit. I literally played an entire <laughs> game of Monopoly watching Cleopatra. I believe it. I believe it. There there are so many. Yeah, I feel like that movie, from what I recall, has. I was like, oh, this could like that. There are those movies that you I think of now, and I'm like, oh, that would have been a great like four part television miniseries. Yes. You know, because it's just too. It's too long. It's too. It's too long. It's too slow. It's too drawn out. The only there great only... thing about it are obviously the costuming and Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, that's really the only. Well, I was going to Honestly. say the only two good things about Cleopatra are Richard Burton's thighs. That's also very true. <laughs> I mean, those skirts they have him in are teeny tiny. I know. Their thighs really should have gotten a supporting actor, you know, nomination in some. I've always capacity. said that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm.